boys and girls, it's time for the Castle Comics Halloween Special. <laughs> With me tonight is Ghoulish Gary, Rancid Ross, and Axe Murdering Alex. How are you doing, guys? Tonight we're going to be talking about... <laughs> With our special guest, Warwick Davis. <laughs> Tonight we're going to be talking about... Uh, Various aspects of horror. We're going to start off with horror films in the first half of the show, and then later on we're going to talk about other uh, other media. Aye. Aye. Um, so, I know you're into horror as well, Ross, Gary, Alex, not so much. So, what do you enjoy about it, Ross? What's your... It's, um, it's, it's not very often anymore. I'm sad to say that I watch or see or read something that really scares me. You know what I mean? I suppose when I was a wee guy, that's when I was really into it. You watch film. I watched, I think I was telling you not long ago, Alex, I watched Alien when I was seven. So that had a bit of an effect on me. And it's that kind of uh-huh. feeling of fear or something that's creepy. But now it's more just something that's like interesting because there's so much horror out there. So for something that's uh-huh. does horror in a kind of slightly different way, like recently, like I kind of get into 40k and things like that, elements of horror there are kind of doing it a little bit differently. Yeah. yeah um, I, I sometimes like when you see horror somewhere where maybe horror isn't meant to be there uh-huh. but it injects a wee bit of it yeah, like, I'm thinking like of... Doctor Who or something like that yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like a creepy episode there uh, no no, no yeah. I'm talking about Doctor Who's not a horror but like oh yeah. that one with Mid- angels though that's, you know what I mean that's uh, exactly that's, what I'm uh, about Midnight Midnight was the mm. horror episode uh, where uh, you never saw the monster it was, uh, it was the doctor's voice getting stolen and stuff like uh, that uh, Great episode. Great episode. It's um, I. I love. I and love tonight horror. we're talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> 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 Who's your favourite Doctor? Sorry. <laughs> we I will like... do that one week. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Aye. Gary, what's you put say? What's your take on it? Why do you enjoy watching horror stuff? Well, pretty much very similar to Ross. I watched Alien at a very young age, and it's good <laughs> shit. Is, so. <laughs> I'd say Alien seems to have yeah, quite Alien's an influence. But, Alien and um, the Exorcist, man. That really got me as a wee guy. Right. So it goes, so horror cinema sort of starts off in the in the sort of 30s where you've got things like uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and then you've got the, the original Frankenstein and The Wolfman and Dracula and all that. And some of the films hold up, um, not because they're fantastic, scary movies or anything like that. It's just now you're at the stage where it's iconic imagery. And they were made so differently to the way movies are done just now. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that um, that film. Um, it's um, John Malkovich. Right. Oh, and John Malkovich. Being, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he played? No, it's one where he plays the vampire. Oh, it's the guy, and he, he plays. Um, he plays the role of the guy that was Dracula in the first Dracula film, right. and it's it's amazing. You actually think he's. Oh, yeah, off his head, you right. know what I mean? Aye, aye, aye. It's 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 really really well done. It's really really well done. So that's the sort of beginning of it, and then you're sort of moving through, and you get the the stuff like uh, freaks, like the Todd Brown and thing freaks, which is not really a horror, but it's a very very like disturbing film. Um, and then later on, the other the stuff that after that 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 I enjoy, I wasn't really into the exploitation stuff like that, but there's some Hammer films mm. that are really really good, like the Pete Cushion and Christopher Lee stuff, like The Devil Rides Out, oh, yeah. and stuff like that. And then you're moving on to a bit later than that. You've got all this sort of shock stuff like uh, Bloodfest and Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal Ferox and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and all the that Cannibal sort of. Cannibal Holocaust got a proper legacy. Like that still divides opinion. Aye, mm. aye. I mean it, uh, that's a weird one. There's this scene in Cannibal Holocaust. It's f- these folk into the jungle and they get hacked to bits. Absolute classic. Mm-hmm. 
but there's this one scene in it, and they're out in the jungle, and they hunt this turtle, and they get this turtle out of the river, and they turn it upside down, and they crack it open, and they kill it, and they eat it. Right? right? Okay. Th- this is filmed. This is yeah. but the question is, well, they were in the jungle, they needed to eat, there's a turtle, they were going to eat this turtle anyway, because they were in the jungle. Right. Is it exploitation of animal cruelty, Aye. or is it, this is what they're going to do anyway, they might as well film it, it really does divide it opinion. It of lines, it's and not something that you would see ever again. No, no, it's it's definitely, it's definitely not. I often remember as well about Cannibal Holocaust, I've not seen where somebody has their nipple cut off, and for years it was so well done that they were like, that must have been real. Aye, and there's also a bit right at the end where the guy gets his cut off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, a guy gets his penis cut yeah. off. His dingus. His dingus. His wee man. Old horror really pushed kind of special effects back in that time. Like there was, mm-hmm. because you notice that with older stuff, it tends mm. to look at, it looks fine because they had to do it practically. They had to think of very clever ways to do it. If you ever look at the the, the work of uh, Tom Slovini, mm-hmm. um, he is incredible. He's like the guy as far as practical horror He's effects go. a bunch of times, uh, um, exhibiting his his abilities and things that he would do. He's incredible. Ah, uh, he's he's really amazing. He's like he's like the, the Picasso of blood and guts man. He's he is amazing. He can make like a rubber band look like a chainsaw. There was a, a book a book that he brought out years and years ago, wasn't it? Like Tom Savini's Book of Monsters. Aye, uh, and that inspired loads and loads of people to. Uh, was a, I watched a good documentary, but it was the people who are responsible for doing a lot of the makeup for The Walking Dead. Uh huh. And they all cite this book as the point at which I was like, I need to. This is for me. I need to do this. Yeah, Greg Nicotero, the guy I'm thinking of. Aye, aye. aye. No, I, I Tom Slovini, way, way, way ahead of its time. And um, obviously, about that time period, sort of coming up with Slovini, you'd uh, George Romero's first, um, mm. first film, the, the the Night of the Walking Dead. Um, and when you look at that film for its time, how gory and visceral it was. Um, for its age, I mean, this is coming out at about the same time as Carnival of Souls, and Carnival of Souls is very psychological horror. Is this thing, you know, Night of Living Dead? It's not like pure blood and guts, but at the time, it really, it really pushed the envelope, and it's a really good film. Excellent. The, the best bits in it are the bits without the blood and guts. I think personally, it's a bit where they're trapped in the house, and it's that feeling. Yeah. That's probably why the zombie thing's been so enduring, isn't it? Because it's the sense of dread. That zombies brings it's so visceral. It's really, really good. That's that 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 that's that. I mean, and you can take it for talking about zombies onto the Walking Dead, which is thing. But we're not wanting to go there now. Um, I've got a couple of different sort of subjects um, written down here. So I'll start off with uh, one of my favourite sort of subgenres of uh, of horror films is your uh, sort of trilogy films, the ones where it's um, like stuff like VHS. I don't know if you've ever seen VHS, but it's all the it's like wee half hour, mm-hmm. wee half yeah, hour things put together, and like yeah. the Twilight Zone movie, and ABC's a Death, and Creep Show, and stuff like that. I love them. They're I love them good. because even if you don't like one of them, Aye. you're bound to like. You know, there's bound to be something there in this hour and a half, two hours, whatever, three or four episodes, three or four different sections. I think there's bound to be something in there that's that's up your street. ABC is a death. Had one in it. It Aye. Deloused. Right. Something was one of them, and it was this horrible claymation. Uh huh. And it's proper stuck with me. I've had nightmares about that, but it's like it's not even about anything. It's it's like a kind of an operating table, and something horrible happens to this guy, and it's just I I couldn't even describe it to you. You'd need to go and watch it, but it's absolutely horrific. It'll take you long because it's it's like five minutes for each letter of the alphabet. 
now. Uh, all different directors, all different actors. Um, great. I think they did a second one as well. The ABC's a death too. Some of them are horrendously bad. Aye. <laughs> some some of them are. But if there's a bad one, you're only watching it for like three or four minutes, that's, and then that's, here comes another one. That's part of the fun, though, when you watch stuff like that as well. If you're watching it with mates, you're like, <laughs> the crap one's coming up. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I I like those I like those style of films. Um, the the other sort of a big one that, that that folk always sort of get into sort of like your your, your entry point your gateway is is your big sort of eighties uh, franchise films stuff like Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I've never been I've always liked Night, the Nightmare on Elm Street films mm-hmm. and I like the third one. I think the third one's the best yeah it's not the scariest but I think as a film to watch again it's the best yeah, Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Warriors. That, that's, I think, yeah. the best one. But a lot of folk, um, talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre briefly, folk love that film. Uh-huh. Doesn't he do much for I me? I think it's pretty boring. Not a lot happens the, in that movie. The last 20 minutes of it is just screaming. It's yeah. just That's all you hear is screaming. For, as a sound guy, Gary, imagine just having screaming yeah. for 20 oh. minutes. Oh. And people talk about the kind of environment around that film, about the production of that film. It sounds horrific. To be honest, and people mm. laud it as like part of the magic, and it's like it just sounds a bit exploitative. I think it was the, it was the first movie of its kind, though, where yeah. it was just this like. I mean, I suppose you, directors like Rob Zombie would probably cite that as their biggest influence. Aye, to go I and mean, make movies. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I love um, House of a Thousand Corpses. I think that's yep. a cracking film. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> my favourite. It's a mad movie. It's, but it's a great, great film. Aye. I liked House of a Thousand Corpses. I wasn't too keen on the Devil's Rejects. I still thought it was alright. It's pretty out there. It's pretty violent. And then there was the one was it Salem's Daughter. The one where it's it's. Oh yeah. What was that called? It's a female lead. Yes, aye. it's uh, um, it's his wife. It's Moon Zombie. Uh, uh, Cheryl. Yeah. That's her name. Moon Zombie. <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl Moon Zombie. Cheryl Moon Sorry, Zombie. Sorry, I didn't realise Zombie. Was I think he'd done by yeah, Depot. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, she's Missy Zombie. zombie. <laughs> Brilliant. I do know the film you mean. It's something I, I can't I, remember what um, it is. But that, that was all right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I, I could talk about these things uh, all day. Um, but we're going to talk uh, now a wee bit about um, sort of found footage films. I think that's a good place to sort of Aye. bed the argument down a wee bit. What's your favourite? What makes a good found footage film? What makes a bad found f- footage film? I like... So, I've, I think we said at the start, I'm not the biggest fan of horror. I think you have... I think there's two types of people. People who like being scared and folk good, any. I'm a bit of a film snob, so I can appreciate when a film's good. But something about being scared, I just didn't like it. Um, but when I tried to like force myself to get back into horror, um, the first thing I went back into was Paranormal Activity. Ah, right. And now it's went off the rails a wee bit, right? Aye, yeah. But nobody will ever be able to tell me they weren't terrified by that first film. That yeah. first film, there's, there's a footprint with some talcum powder, and you wet yourself. Oh, it was it was the bit like see when it bursts into the room uh-huh. and one of them oh, wakes up and it runs out the room. And it's like you hear its footsteps. Aye. And it's it's got more than two feet, or it sounds like it's got like spiders' uh, legs. Uh, it's just this. Oh, it's awful! It's so scary. So when it's found footage, like I tend to find that I enjoy films with smaller budgets because I had like a one hundred twenty thousand dollar budget. It's it's Aye. the most profitable percentage film of all time. Oh yeah, because it, it was only like one hundred twenty thousand dollars and made like one hundred thirty million. Well, there's there's two main schools of thought when it comes to the monster. 
Mm-hmm. And the, the first one's the one that uh, Sam Raimi uses in, in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, and the same that they use in the found footage films, show folk nothing. Because you can always imagine something much worse yep. than I can actually show you. The sense of dread is scarier than uh-huh. the actual monster. I, I mean, the first time I watched that, I was in a room with people, and there's just this bit, I think it's like half an hour into the film, where a door creaks. <laughs> and four separate people screamed. <laughs> and it was just because they built that tension really yeah, well. Absolutely. You were like you were so that's where I think the strength of those films are. You get so desperate to be scared, you trick yourself into being scared. Uh-huh. Mm. But it's not like a cheat, it's not like a cheap thing. Aye. Like they really they work when they work for it. Aye. You you still feel terrified. But that's the thing I Daft things will happen, innocuous things will happen, and you'll you'll get such a fright because of the way it's built. Like I think it's in the second or third one. There's a there's a pool cleaner, yeah, and he takes it out of the pool and he turns his back and it's back in the pool. Oh, oh, right. no, <laughs> the pool's going clean. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That and that that that's exactly what that's about. Um, Paranormal Activity is up there as one of the best horror movies I've ever seen, but nothing nothing. Beats the Blair Witch in terms of found footage for me. Yeah. I think the first, okay. the first ones tend to be the best. Uh-huh. And that one, that one, that was chilling. I really haunt. I think it's silly now. Uh-huh. Like if I went, if I, I'm, I'm remembering scenes Aye. in my head right now without sitting describing the whole movie. And I'm thinking, if I saw that now, I'd laugh at it. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time when I was 15, it scared the bejesus out of me. I know, at the time, and it sort of is responsible for this whole sort of subgenre now, the the found footy stuff, and some are good and some I aren't. What was really cool about that was the marketing campaign for the Blair Witch. They set aye. up their own website yeah. in the months leading up to the movie, making it seem like it was a real thing, that like the Blair Witch actually existed. And I think that just added to the whole. Oh, definitely. Do you, do you know that they're called? Because I was talking to Greg. Oh, really? They're, they're called ARGs, Alternate Reality Games. Oh, uh, that's really cool. Cloverfield done it. Oh, did they? they they've done it really well. Um, um, but I just just a wee bit. Of no, that's cool. No, no, that's cool. I believe that the, the main impact that the lost footage has to make it a scary film would be the sense of realism mm. Mm. because it's all done for a camera you get that feel like it's actually humanly recorded uh-huh. it's uh-huh. not a movie and they also take out the majority of the audio so there's less audio cues and stuff uh-huh. like that so the more realistic the jump scares it's not got mm-hmm. like the, the music cueing in the background to no. build up so you know all oh, the scary scenes coming now it yeah. could just come out of nowhere but there's still obviously it's audio cues in there there will be but like <clears throat> There's like snapping twigs yeah. and stuff, and aye, like, aye. there would need to be some like sensor Hollywood aye, behind it to bring it up. But aye. they try the hardest to drop as much of that out just for the realism mm. aspect. I totally agree. I think realism is the most important part, and I think you can see it most in the Halloween movies. You watch the first Halloween movie, uh-huh. and it's that's just a movie about a stalker, uh-huh. and like the shots where Jamie Lee Curtis is just out on the street talking to somebody, it's just a normal day to day having a conversation with a neighbour. And then you look away up the end of the street and Michael Myers is just standing there. You're talking about showing your monster. Aye. He's right there. there he's always there. there he's is. always following. He's only 100 paces away from you at any given time. And over the movie, he, he dares to get closer and closer, closer and closer until what happens, happens, and he starts to murder people. Have you ever seen uh, Behind the Mask, the, li- the Rise of Leslie Vernon? No. It's a fantastic film. I was talking about this the other day. So it's this serial killer, right? And... Um, he wants to be like Michael and Freddie and Jason and he, he, he drops all these names and it starts off with this crew making a documentary film about it. So half of it's filmed like a documentary found footage, right? While he's no working 
and then when he's working, when he puts the mask on, it turns into horror film, and it's got that sort of sleek look to it. Yeah, it's an amazingly short film. I can highly recommend *The Rise mm. of Leslie Vernon*. I believe it's on um, Amazon Prime. Oh, right. It's now okay. behind *The Master of Leslie*. It's great. Robert England's in it, so it's good to be good. Oh, well, that's a home run. Aye. Right? See, just on the topic of Robert England, what Freddy movie is it where he eats tiny little meatballs off of a pizza, but the meatballs are little people? Oh, it's Sweet Souls going, hell, yeah. He's got the claw and he dig, digs it out with the claw. Aye, because that was the oh. point at which I tuned out of those movies. Was that four? <laughs> I was just thought he's eating meatballs, come on. <laughs> was that four or five? I think it was I think it was one of the later ones. Yeah. Must have been. Um, uh, VHS, that's another sort of good mm-hmm. uh, found footage film. Again, mm-hmm. that, that sort of hits both bases because it's sort of found footage and an anthology mm-hmm. sort of film. Did George um, Romero not do a found footage zombie movie? Diary of the Dead. Diary of the Dead, Dead. yeah. Which was alright. I don't know, it was Romero. Aye, George Romero mm-hmm. done that one. Yeah. yeah. I was going to talk about Cloverfield. Some... Oh, yeah. Cloverfield. Oh, God. I, I mentioned it and then realised that is a found footage. Yeah. Ah, the first, a found the, footage movie. The first Cloverfield. One. It's kind of a, a flip side, it's high budget. Aye. But they still follow the same rules. Don't show your monster. Aye. Um, so they don't show it till very late on. Uh, and it's all about the kind of human chase through that city as it's been destroyed. Uh, and. Cloverfield's now built up this weird expanded universe, which is. I think the second one's the best film out of the one with John Goodman. Yeah, yeah I think ten, that's ten, ten Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane. Lane. I, I think that's the best one. The, 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 the one set in outer space is alright, but the second one's just because John Goodman's awesome. Oh, it, you yeah, know he's a I mean? colossal actor. He's great. He's... I love the first Cloverfield movie because the, the cameraman gets eaten at the end. <laughs> Spoilers. So, you know that way where like, you're, you're watching a found footage movie, and even in The Blair Witch, you kind of get this like, the camera adds this sort of force field. Like this, this is the guy that's showing you the movie, so obviously he's not going to die, because he's got to show you the whole movie. But then he gets to the end, fucking just eats the camera guy. So you're like, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no protection for anybody. Do you know what I mean? Everybody's dead. That's the the closest thing to the viewer is the guy with the camera, and he just gets scoffed. Have you ever seen um, It Follows? No, I've heard I've watched it. bits of it, and it it didn't scare me. It freaked me out. It is a good it film. It Follows, it. right? So. The way the way the curse works and it follows, right? You have sex with somebody that's got the curse, right? And the monster comes to kill you, oh, right? And the only way you can move this on is to have sex with somebody else, and the monster goes to kill them, it's and a then it really runs great down. Really good way to get tits in your movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it sounds like a carry on film, Aye. but honestly, it's, it's really horrifying. It's really really well like, done. But because oh, the God. the monster that follows them's always just just walks. It just, just walks, walks towards just them, walks. but it's always coming closer. And nobody can see the thing apart from the person oh, that it's right. chasing. <coughs> so they'll be sitting around, sitting in the room and goes, do you see her over there? Like, no, at the door sort oh. of thing. And the thing just walks slowly. What does the monster look like? Is it like a... It changes. changes. Oh. In, in one scene, it's like this massive big tall dude, and then the next thing, it turns into like a wee boy to get through a gap in the door. Oh, that's But you don't creepy. see the transition, you see a big tall dude walk past the window, then a wee boy crawling through the door. Oh, man. And that makes it worse. See, when it's kids. Uh, it's so much scarier when it's uh, kids, man. Wayne's are terrified. Wayne's are <laughs> Exorcist. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely. Um... Cabin in the Woods, that's another one I want to talk about. I adore Cabin, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I love that movie. I think you've, you've got to be into horror to get the most out of that movie because mm-hmm. it's got so ex- exploits and sort of debunks so many tropes. If you've watched horror enough to be bored by horror or big budget horror, that's Aye. that's a movie that you'll really enjoy. Aye, Cabin in the Woods is definitely. Trying to explain it to people is difficult though. Aye. Because I think some people take it at face value as a comedy and it's like, it's no. 
it's an homage to Aye. to horror because they're following like they're following all the rules. Yeah, they are. It's still scary. Ah, that's brilliant. Have you seen that Tucker and Dale? Tucker and yeah, Dale versus, versus evil. evil. Yeah, oh, man. I I love that film. So well. good. That's so funny. It's the bit where he's he's into the chipper and he pulls him out and it's just the legs. <laughs> oh, so well, funny. officer, we've had a doozy of a day. <laughs> oh, it's a good movie. Um, the Collector. Have you ever seen The Collector? No. Don't know what What's that's the about. Collector's a a really good film. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like this stalker sort of slasher dude, but he's an assassin. All right. Um. And he, he collects various different things, but if you've not seen it, I'm not spending too much time on it. Um, the Wicker Man. Oh, is that is that an exercise in how to ruin a horror movie? <laughs> 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 but aye, the Wicker Man's amazing. The Wicker Man, no, 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 the no, the Nick Cage yeah, one, the, the, OG, the OG, the OG, OG Wicker Man. Aye, that still weird. freaks me out, man. It, it's, it's when he starts singing a hymn. And in the egg, and in the nest, there was an egg, and in the egg, there was oh, a chicken. I know it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it freaks you out because it introduces you to this world you just don't understand the rules of. Yeah, and you, mm. you, that's you, a good way of putting it. Yeah, and you originally you sympathise with the police officer. I've forgotten his name now. Except it's Edward Woodward. It's Edward Woodward. Aye. You, yeah, you sympathise with him at the start. You think, oh, you're on, you're on the same page as us. Aye. And then he just descends into madness at points Aye. as well, and you're like. I don't know what's going on. Aye. I don't know if I want to know no, what's going on. Yeah. But he kind of convinced these people. I know, and you're just, oh, that, that film really freaked me out. And then I watched the Nick Cage one. Hannigan <laughs> 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 Burn, Hannigan Burn! <laughs> Not the bees! Do you agree with the term that if it's like, I would always consider like serial killer films, like horror films, but apparently they're not. No, they're See anything that's not got like a supernatural element to it like aliens monsters and stuff mm. they're your horrors but stuff like psycho and stuff like that, they're thrillers yeah yeah i would i would suppose i mean it's just that's just like technicality isn't it? it's really just um like it's no uh it's no horror with a capital h like i see like what do you call it see like halloween yeah. that's a thriller to me like a thriller uh, yeah. horror yeah. but the exorcist is a horror movie uh, you know what i mean it's like uh, have you ever seen the henry portrait of a killer that that that's basically what you're talking about. It's like it's a scary film, but the guy's just at stabbing folk. Really, he's, he's not getting any. <laughs> just Peter Sutcliffe, uh, guys. Basically, <laughs> I, basically. Um, right before we wrap up for the for the first part, um, because this will take me a while to talk about. I'm going to bring up one of my favourites. My boy Stephen King. I oh, love Stephen King. Oh, the yes. main man. I'm a big fan of Mr. King and his work. Um, you called him the other day the greatest living writer, and I think you're right. He is, but even he's produced so many books, and they're no all great. But uh, the last really great book he died two years ago, I think, Under the Dome. It's called. I don't know if you read that one. Aye, aye. Under the Dome was is that just not a bit older than two. Years? Under the Dome's a bit older than two years. Is that yeah. they, made, yeah. they made a TV show out of it. All oh, right, five years <laughs> it was released. Aye, right. <laughs> it was a good book, right? <laughs> <laughs> I agree, Under the Dome's great, I've read it as well. Under the Dome, yeah. Under the Dome is good. So, The Shining, oh. and its sequel, um, to oh, Les Rich Doctor, Doctor Sleep. Sleep. I've literally got it sitting in the house, and it's, I'm too scared to watch it. It's good. Is it good? <laughs> it's, it's good. Is it like a soft sequel? Sort of. Um, I've not seen the film, but I've read the book. Aye. Um, because I think The Shining, the movie The Shining on its own is just this unique thing that 
I don't think you can really do no. a sequel sequel to. It, it ends to, like, it, it wraps itself up in a wee bow at the end, like it's a self-contained thing. Aye, yeah. aye, whereas the book's a lot, not not scary, but a lot more psychologically aye. wearing. Yeah. You know, you're oh, exhausted God. when you read it, sort of thing, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, I watched The Shining recently, maybe only last year, because I was like, yeah. this mm. is a film I should probably watch. Like uh-huh. I said, a bit of a film snob, like, aye. I should watch this film. I spent three quarters of it confused at my nut. Oh yeah, Aye. also terrified. Aye. <laughs> um, and then and then just and then spent like three days looking up like theories. Uh-huh. It's funny the blood usually gets off in the eighth floor. You know. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, it's the the sound and the way sound oh. is used in movies like in The Shining. That's just the best example of that. Like you know that kind of like jarring sort of like a woodblock. Yeah, noise yeah. of like at the end when like and it's it's the bit where uh, Danny's on the the like the the big wheel thing and he's got he's going through the hotel and he's going over wood and then rugs and then wooden rain rugs oh. and it's just the way that builds. Oh God, that's amazing. It really is. Kubrick was always every like was it every frame of painting was like his his statement and the way tortured Shelley Duvall to get that. Uh, oh, to God. get that performance out making of making her end. drink water because she'd run out of moisture she couldn't Aye. produce tears anymore and it's crazy oh, absolutely tortured her um, so from The Shining they've never really done it justice I don't think in the in a, as a movie or a TV show but I think The Stand's one of Aye. Uh, Stephen King's best I've best never, books. never read it I've heard loads yeah. about it it's, it's really good mm. it's really good it's, uh, see if you can relate to this right it's set in this world, modern world sort of thing, right? And there's this outbreak of a flu that mm. kills a load of folk, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then folk go mental. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, I'm with you so aye. far. So it's like, so far we're on like page 14, but if this carries on for another couple of years, we'll not be far away. <laughs> um, but um, I know that the, the stand's a good one. Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot, I've read the book multiple times. I can talk about that in the second half. It's... Aye. Terrifying. Aye, I were wandering into book territory here, aren't we? We'll, 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 we could talk. We we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll get oh back God, to. Aye. We'll get back to that. I want to bang on about HP Lovecraft for at least ten minutes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be talking about Poe. Oh um, God, aye. The orphan. You seen the orphan? That was another. Aye, one. again. But see when I said earlier on, like kids, frankly, that's the one I was thinking of. Like that's sack that he wears in his head, man. Oh. <laughs> just the one. Like, <laughs> I want to know who came up with that and just have a word with them. That's too scary, man. Uh, it's good stuff, man. What's uh, the orphan about? I'm guessing an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, I have not seen it. <laughs> I would like it. Spoil- spoiler alert. Um, so it's about this orphan. So, <laughs> right, so this couple start looking after this orphan. They've got other kids, right? And then the orphan's like getting the other wings to do stuff. Like evil stuff, like when talk to the cat or whatever. I'm, you know, I'm not, aye, aye. you know, that sort of thing. Turns out, right, that the orphan's like a, a, like a 40 year old woman, but she's got this mm-hmm. disease and yeah. makes her look really uh, young. It's disgusting. It is disgusting. Yeah, when she takes the, the hood, comes off. It's uh, no right, oh. man. It's, it's a good review. Uh, good it's something reveal. else, man. It really is something else. Uh, I watched the other night um, Us. I don't know. Great. Really Us. good movie. Us was, was, was interesting. John Peel, that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a John Peel. Us. And what's the other one he did? Um, Get Out. Get Out. Get Out was. I preferred Get Out, but Us was her performance, man. Aye. At the beginning, aye. see when she first comes in, the voice that she does, yeah, and the eyes, the and, voice. and the 
oh yeah, yeah. Chilling. Uh, is, uh, I think Jordan Peele's probably one of the most important horror kind of directors out there just now. Yeah, he and he's very funny. Keen Peele's hilarious. But like, uh, <laughs> I think it's important to get those kind of new voices into the genre. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. But I feel like it has been kind of dominated by similar types of people. I, I, Ho- I, I, horror's been a pretty white thing for a very long time. Yeah, it has. Um, the um, He's all right. He's not the, like the best out there, and I'm not going to say as just to be PC. Do you know what I mean? No, um, no, no totally. He won right. best screenplay for Get Out, and everyone was like, "What are you talking about?" It was, Aye, it's it was not. okay. Aye. Um, there was other one. Was it the the Hunt was quite a good one. The Hunt. The Hunt. So basically, the 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 thing behind the Hunt is you've got these incredibly rich folk, and they oh. they they get folk and they like poor folk and they put them in the hunt and all that. Then I guess about maybe twenty minutes into it, and Asuka like turns turns around on them, so she's out like killing them all, Aye. right? And then there's another twist at the end where you find out where I minute mean, she's not the goodie after all. Oh, it's right. really it's really really well done. I love a good twist. Aye. Uh, so I don't know if it fits into horror. I think it does. Uh, what was it was a Netflix film and it was called The Tower or something. Spanish film. Oh, oh, you're talking about. Is it the one with Rec, the different levels? Different, different oh, levels. Oh, that. Oh, that was called. Rec record. It was Rec. R E C. Was that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, because they they, they redid they they In did. In fact, they done the Spanish one was called something else. I think no, it's, I think we're it's, thinking it's, two different things. I here. think the thing you're talking about is Basque. Quarantined or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Quarant- yeah Wrecking quarantine. I know what you're talking about. I know. Oh, the Netflix film is basically it's like, it's like a prison. Aye. But there's right. like oh, there's like hundreds oh, of levels. levels? Is, is it called? Is it just called levels? Oh yeah, there's a big hole in the middle. Yeah. Of the and the, 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 the thing goes up and down, and it's the food comes down. Yeah, is it called aye. levels? Yeah. Sure, something like that. The hole or something. Aye, it's something like that. It's Spanish anyway. Aye, I mean, no, just, that was that was good. I enjoyed oh, that whole that film. Me, well, put me off. That sort of it's off the back. I don't know if you've ever seen the the Cube film called The Cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very similar to The Cube. Very similar to a really good one. Uh, I think it's called Spheres. I could be wrong, but basically, if you imagine, like, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Like, oh, it's, fo- it's just called the circle. The circles. Is oh, it? Yeah, um, yeah. So you've got like maybe about you've got a semicircle, maybe about twelve folk uh, stood behind uh, plants, and then behind them there's another row, and behind them there's another row, mm-hmm. and they knock them off one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at the start of the film, they don't know the rules. And at the start oh, of the film, right. so they they're don't. just they're just like someone tries to step out. It's like. Pfft, Deed. Oh, right, man. they're like, well, we'll try not to vote because they work out they can vote, and it just kills someone randomly. Aye. Oh, God. and it's, it's showing. Oh, so it's... those kind of three films all together were like came out fairly close to each other. Aye. I know Cuban Circle were made by the same guy. I think. Were they? Were they? Or certainly the art direction or something was. Uh-huh. There's there's a connection between Aye. the two of them, um, and all three of them freaked me out. Aye, just inspired especially... in any way by the Saw movies. Uh, circle a little bit. I, you can see a little bit, but it's more they, it's they, supernatural. Oh, like, right, okay. it's, it's aliens, basically. Oh, is it? Yeah, and spoiler, everyone else has been spoiled. I know, right. <laughs> we should have said that at the start. We're going to spoil a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the end of the film is basically a guy gets left. So there's only three of them left. Right. They have a minute to make their decision. A guy, a wee lassie, and a pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. And the guy convinces the wee lassie, me and you, we're going to step out together and we're going to die and keep the pregnant woman. Guy, doesn't he? 
guy, oh. guy votes the pregnant woman, lassie, wee lassie steps out, both of them die. <laughs> and the guy's just stood there like, can I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I think he does that. He doesn't even know if he's won. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Even worse fate. I it was oh no, it was it was clever. It was like a guy had came into it and really worked out the game. And uh, you didn't realise he'd worked out the game <laughs> until scary. the last second. Aye. It was it was good. Great film. Highly recommend. It was good. It was really good. Um aye. We've talked about the Wicker Man X. This is the Omen films. Uh, if we're talking Which about I've seen, unfortunately. I like The Omen. Um, it kind of comes around about the same time as The Exorcist, yeah. roughly, and it's kind of, it's of that time, it's like the the phenomenon mm. uh, horror movies, like the films that will scare you shitless, and I just wasn't that frightened by it. I think you'd have to watch it young, or Aye. at that time. It's, yeah, it, The Exorcist it, is dated as well, I bet. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's of his time, but it's worth watching the first two Omen films to get to the third one because Sam Neill's performance in the Omen Three mm-hmm. is outstanding. He, he gives this brilliant speech. Uh, Edda, um, I love Sam Neill. Really, he's he's fantastic. His performance in the Omen Three. It's, you've got to watch the other two to get it, but he's amazing. And it's he's amazing. And it's the Antichrist. Aye. You know what I mean? And who doesn't like a good uh, good Antichrist? A good Antichrist. Antichrist. You know what I mean? That's what we're all here for. Aye, aye. Tells a niche uh, again. Is it a horror movie? Probably is a horror movie. It's Sam Neill's in a film called. Uh, at the mouth of madness. Oh, yeah, that again. That's Stephen King. Steve, was that Stephen King? That was King. The, oh, in I the didn't mouth know of King did that. Aye, aye, oh, that right. was... I thought that was like a standalone. We can't get. Why has nobody made a decent H.P. Lovecraft horror movie? That's what was the reason? Is there some? Some? Is there somebody's got the rights to his books or something? And like, oh, we can't make a Cthulhu movie. Do you know what I mean? Because surely Del Toro is like, please just let me make Call of Cthulhu. Aye, because was he no meant to be making the Mountains of Madness at one point? Well, he did. He's, he's got the green light. Oh, just make that movie, man. That's going to so, be amazing. So um, he won Best Picture for Shape of Water. Aye. And basically the studio went, well, fair enough. Aye. You've, 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 you've done your bit. You've paid your dues. Aye. You can do it now. Aye. And then COVID hit, so. Oh, of oh. course. I'm forgetting that 2020 just didn't happen. Scariest thing of all. Aye, the scariest thing of all, 2020. Jesus, man. Aye. There you are. On that, got for a break. Aye, call Aye. to that. Lovely job. See you after the break. See you after the break, guys. Bye. Welcome back. Um, now we're going to talk about the second part of our horror special podcast. Um, we're going to talk about things other than movies. We're going to talk about books, video games, computer games, that sort of thing. Um, start off with uh, Stephen King, I suppose. Aye, Stephen King seems like a good start. place to start. Um, we get into a wee bit in the, in the first half, but his, his volume of work and the stuff that he's, he's, he's done... Um, even outside the horror genre, I mean, whenever folks say, "Oh, you know, horror writers are bad writers," you you've get the Shawshank Redemption, the Green Mile, Aye. Running Man. You know what I mean? The the lad can tell a story. Can he finish a story right <laughs> enough? Nope. But um, unfortunately, 
He done the Gunslinger books as well. What he did the, oh, the, the, Dark the Dark Tower. The Dark Tower. Dark Tower books. He considers that his magnum opus, like the greatest thing he's ever written, doesn't he? Well, the the thing with the Dark Tower books is that they, they tie in with all the other books. Oh, yeah. oh that's right. Because he's his, his is like a, a universe, isn't aye, it? Aye, aye. They it might not be obvious, but they do tie in, and there's this. Uh, most of Stephen King's books take place in Maine. Maine. In a wee town in Maine called Castle Rock, mm-hmm. and a lot of it ties in with that. And there's actually a, a TV series based in Castle Rock now, and a lot of the stuff is books ties into the TV show. Yeah, I, mean, right. I mind when I was uh, reading, I think it's called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the one about Kennedy. Uh-huh. Right. Um, the, it's about time travel. Guy goes back in time. He's trying to stop the Kennedy assassination, right. but he has to stay there and just live for five years. Yeah. He has to kind of do it the long way. Uh-huh. Um, he just goes to Derry at one point and he meets up with Richie and all that <laughs> Richie and Beth and I was aye. like because he keeps saying Derry I'm like I've heard that before because that's I, it isn't it aye ah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like and he's just like and I met them and I was like <laughs> man this is a crossover episode <laughs> <laughs> the fails in time we should just go to that there <laughs> we go but I am um, the Stephen King's volume art and his, his body work. Um, no, all his books are are fantastic, um, but I think the the good certainly outweighs the bad. You've got your Tommy knockers and things like that that are a bit I suspect. Rose Rose Mader wasn't too strong either, and no. from a Buick Six wasn't great. Did Stephen King write Misery? Mm-hmm. Yes, That's Stephen King. Is Stephen King wrote Misery. It's one of my favourite. So he wrote man. he wrote that after he got off coke. Aye. And he wanted, I forgot her name, that character to kind of represent Coke mm-hmm. oh, in really? his life. Aye. Aye. So he was like, he was frantic trying to finish it and stuff like that. Mm. You, you see that a lot in Stephen King's book, this sort of uh, analogy for, for alcohol and drugs. Most of his characters, I mean, The Shining's a great example. You've got the character, uh, Jack, your sort of lead character. Jack Thompson, he's, um, he's an alcoholic and he's trying to come off it. And you feel that, obviously... You feel like maybe Stephen King was going through the same mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, to to totally go off at a tangent, but you can see it in Terry Pratchett books as well, mm-hmm. where um, Vimes Commander Vimes sort of represents him, and in the earlier books of the Night's Watch, he's he's drunk all the time, and then he sobers up and he's finding it hard to stay sober, and you feel that's maybe a wee bit of his life. Ah, you write about what you know, don't and, you? And in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my favourite Stephen King book myself is Salem's Lot. Mm. Aye. Because, like, I, I actually think vampires are quite hard to write about. I've read, I've read, a f- I've seen or... But, but, but Twilight! <laughs> <laughs> Twilight being the exception. <laughs> <laughs> Edward Cullen is the perfect vampire. <laughs> but no, I think they're quite hard to write because it's quite hard to get that menace into something that looks quite human, usually. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, but I just really think Salem's Lot really unsettled me. Mm. There's a bit where like um, a couple of them go down, or they go to go down a set of stairs, and one of them just falls through because the vampires have set up a trap under the stairs, just upturned knives. Are you sure this isn't Home Alone we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's Home Alone. <laughs> it's Home Alone 3D this year. <laughs> Macaulay strikes again. <laughs> I <laughs> know some some of it Salem's lot just unsettled me in a big way. It's, it's a nice twist. Sorry. Nice twist as well. Aye. Oh. Uh. I struggled with it though. I tried to read it 
it was we were talking about cocaine and addiction. He was oh, on cocaine when I, he wrote it. That, 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 that's the thing. I'm waiting for somebody to do it. The, the book, obviously, it switches between the present and the past, backwards and forwards, and I'm waiting for somebody to do an edit of the two films mm. where it's actually in the order that it was in the book. So did you not like the new it films? I didn't like chapter two, but I liked chapter one. I, I thought, thought chapter one was good. Aye. Chapter aye. one was pretty outstanding, but to be honest. The thing is with chapter two that it is very true to the book. Yeah. The, 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 the bit where the woodsman comes alive, the statue comes alive, and the bit where she visits the house is very, very true mm. to to what Stephen King actually wrote, you know. I've not but seen chapter two. Did they go into the turtles and all that? And like, well, that's uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you can't finish a book. Aye, well, there you go. But he is in it, and they do mention that. Oh, good. They oh. do. He does sort of take pelters for not being able to finish a book. He's sort of like, hey, he sort of mugs for the camera. He back there he goes. Why? Why is the clown a big spider? Doesn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> why? It's just a clown. Make uh, a clown. A giant space turtle. <laughs> yeah. Same problem as Alan Moore can't they finish, finish it. They just literally just tip it over and start booting it. <laughs> <laughs> See if they'd done that at the beginning. Like, knock like, that clown over and put your boots on. not that bad of an enemy. Just <laughs> tip it over and start booting it. He's got oh. a turtle. We should get the boys for Cannibal Holocaust in there and sort him out. <laughs> in the same way, like the kids beat it in that movie. In the same way that Robin Williams becomes Peter Pan, he just believes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He just believes hard enough. Is that how it works? Pennywise is Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me here first. That's my new fan theory. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I wonder if I believe I will win the lottery hard enough. You can manifest it. <laughs> manifest <laughs> destiny. Get a vision board. <laughs> Start on Instagram, Greg. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Stephen King before we we move on to other writers? I love him. He's great. No. When you read a good Stephen King book, it's great. Aye. When you read Aye. a bad Stephen King book, you don't even want to. Keep going with your life. <laughs> I think reading a bad Stephen King book's enough to kind of pick you off, Stephen King. Aye. Aye. Uh, uh, um, so, Ross is going to have five minutes on a specialist subject. Uh, <laughs> dun, dun. So, aye, so <laughs> on the subject of Stephen King, I think you wouldn't have Stephen King if you didn't have H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, aye. I think you need to address just early on H.P. But no, we're no saying that the guy himself is great, because the, the person, H.P. Lovecraft's a highly problematic person. He's... Um, if you've ever read any of his stuff, you can the the racist overtones in his books are pretty obvious. The language that he chooses to use, um, it's, it's pretty out there. It's pretty strange. Aye. Um, his contemporaries at the time, he used to write letters to them, mm-hmm. and uh, he kept up the correspondence with other writers. And even they were like, we can tell that this Aye. is spilling out into your work, and it's what are we talking mid nineteen thirties here into the nineteen forties. Like we're moving into a time here where this is really not acceptable anymore. Yeah, you know so, I mean, it's, sometimes when you look at stuff of that time period, you can kind of go, "Ah, he was a product of his time." Yeah. Stuff like that. Aye. He was bad. Even he's a for eugenicist. Ah, he's, like, he's pretty Aye. out there. It's really bad. He's a Nazi man. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like the guy can be remembered, I suppose, for creating an entire genre of horror, for Aye. creating eldritch horror. Absolutely. You wouldn't yeah. have. There's a, a whole. Uh, span of board games, computer games that come out of this that are yep. either directly connected to his work or spawned because of it. Like Bloodborne is pure Lovecraft. Aye. Aye. I mean, it, it even influenced to a certain extent um, Batman stuff because Ar- Aye, Arkham. Arkham, yeah. Arkham. Absolutely. Arkham yeah. Asylum, that was originally envisaged as like a Lovecraftian Aye. sort of madhouse, you know? Yeah. Oh, there's, there's so much. There's so much that you can. That I think Lovecraft 
inadvertently created. Aye. You know, because Aye, definitely. I, Lovecraft threw away more stories than he ever released. He was massively critical of his own work. Right, okay. And he probably should have been, to be honest. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> a lot of it's crap. You, know I mean? like, you, you get the, the compendium, the Necronomicon, for every Call of Cthulhu, there's a there's a rubbish story out there. Aye. Really, really bad. But um, obviously, like, Cthulhu only appears on three or four pages out of a 36-page short story, but that's a cultural phenomenon. Aye. Do you know what I mean? It's Aye, huge. Definitely. Not as does, big as others, but it's pretty big. When he does turn up, you know. Aye. You know he's there. Time to boogie. Aye, definitely. Um, so, for that, I'm going to talk a wee bit about uh, Edgar Allan Poe. I'm going to talk about Poe. Uh, one of my favourites. Um, again, not a terribly nice bloke. Not a terribly... Uh, uh, ch- change days. Change days. Different times. Uh, but hmm. uh, base, basically... If my memory serves me correctly, um, his wife died of consumption, and he never he never really got over it. Mm-hmm. And all his sort of love poetry, like Eleanor and stuff like that, is all about her. Mm-hmm. But after his wife passes away, he marries a thirteen year old. Yeah, and he's in his like forties at this time, if if memory serves me correct. So you know, Aye, no, no the best, but the the, the lad could. Uh, the lad could tell a story. Um, oh God, aye. And his most of his stuff again, similar to similar to Lovecraft, it's a wee sort of short, snappy mm-hmm. sort of things. Um, Mask of the Red Deaths, only maybe about sixty or seventy pages. Um, a great uh, sort of poem that he does, The Conqueror Worm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like two pages, but it's it's so it's so good. It's basically how it's basically Shakespearean. It's like um, and we strut upon the stage that that whole bit. We strut upon aye, the stage yeah. and what is he's a life? better writer definitely aye. than most. Aye, he, he he put it over and the the language in it mm-hmm. is obviously very much of its time and that. So to me, adds a sort of charm to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The sort of descriptive writing where it's it is dated, but it, it's dated. Uh, in such a way that it makes it cool, if you know what I mean. Ah, it's, yeah. it's, if it dates itself and it puts itself in a time that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, you know definitely. I mean? Like Stephen King and Poe are great at that and being really versatile and writing about different things. Like, uh-huh. like Lovecraft, I great, but it's it's very rooted in the same thing over and over again. Okay. You know what I mean? Like this, it's like it's like creeping dread. It's indescribable. I mean, like you're a novelist, give it a go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like try try and try and describe it to me. Uh, um, see, the word Eldritch appears in absolutely everything he's ever written. Aye. He talks about the moon and everything he's ever written, and it's always a waxing gibbous moon. An Eldritch waxing I, I, gibbous moon. Yeah, the Eldritch waxing gibbous moon above the Miscatonic <laughs> University in Arkham, Massachusetts. Like, HP, you've done it again. Can't sauce. Oh, So that that's like our our favourite writers. I think unless anyone's uh, any fans of Sean Hudson in the room. Um, I, I was going. I was going through it. Max Brooks. Max Brooks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aye, definitely. More recent author. Uh, done the zombie survival guide and then moved on to <laughs> World War Z. World War Z is probably the best audio book I've ever listened to. Aye. It's felt like he wrote, he didn't, but it felt like he wrote that book for an audio book to have it as kind of almost a radio play. Because the, the way it's written, if memory serves, because it's been a while since I read it, it's split into different chapters and different locations mm-hmm. of the world. It's, it's yeah. like a report, it's like almost like a, a folio style thing. Yeah, so where... he starts it and says, This is an oral history of the zombie war. So he's after it, he's a reporter and he's interviewing people. Mm-hmm. And he does it in chronological order pretty much, but he's talking to a different person in each chapter. 
So you almost get a chronology of the whole war, mm-hmm. but each one's for a vastly different place yeah. or experience. Like, uh, quite a lot of them are based in the US because he's a US-centric writer. Uh-huh. But, like, you go from uh, people who fled up north to try and get away and the mm-hmm. kind of... The, the difficulties they faced to a pilot who crashed uh-huh. in the middle of like uh, the bayou in Florida, or the guy with the guy with the dogs killed me. Oh. It really upset me. It's just oh, and just oh, everything about that book I think is stunning. It feels like there is an overarching story, uh-huh. but it feels like you're reading fifty different stories Aye. within it. Mm. And it just oh the the, the bit that really got me and it's it's just like a daft wee bit. It's, it's the folk that move up north like I I were fine, but um, during the winter now, but when the snow starts to melt, we've got to go out and like kill all the zombies that have, yeah. have been frozen because they can't move when it's oh, below a God. certain degree. Yeah. Not yeah. and they start to come out, and we get to just sort of you know harvest them when the snow starts to melt. So I think it's. There was a really good. There was another scary bit, and it was the feral child. Oh, so they dealt with kind of. He'd done an interview with a feral child. Oh, right. Was part of it. So, someone who had, and she was telling the story as like a 20 year old woman, Mm -hmm. but she had the mind of like a four year old. Oh, right. And she was telling the story about how she ran away, how she was with her mother in the church and stuff like that. And it's terrifying because it's just this, again, 20 year old woman, but in the mind of a four year old, talking about how she felt a woman like smothering her. She doesn't understand what's happening. Oh, something freaks me out to even and, think about. And I think Aye. because it's so grounded in reality, and it is this interview based thing, that that's what makes that work. That's what makes that sort of it makes you feel it more because it is sort of grounded in reality. It's no scary thing for born to stars. It's like you and me sitting talking, mm. and I'm asking you, so that zombie the other day, and just Aye. it's it's really it's really well done. Highly recommend. It's kind of what you said in the beginning, like the first part, Gary, where it's like if it's grounded in reality and it feels real, yeah, it uh-huh. feels scarier ultimately. Um, but before we move off, writers, I'd like to. I don't know if you guys have read any of his stuff. Um, Kevin Kevin J Kennedy is a local horror writer. Um, I've got some of his some of his books at Castle Comics mm. in Cumbernauld Town Centre. <laughs> um, but he's he's a he's a local guy and he does anthology stuff and mm-hmm. all that as well. He edits anthologies. He's a really really good really good writer. He's, he's, he's written some well known stuff, hasn't he? He's he's written sort of a couple of bits, um, but it's mostly his anthologies that he's 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 known for. He does the Christmas horror books and Easter yeah. horror books and that sort of thing. But his stuff's brand new and because he's 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 like a local guy, a lot of the characters you can relate to, you know. <laughs> Plastic Pat turns up in money. Plastic, money's plastic Pat turns up. He's trying to stick the nut in his own You know what I mean. <laughs> but um, any other writers we'd like to like to talk about? No. Can we go into games now? We can oh, go into yeah. games now. I believe horror games are the best of the the genre, purely because it takes all elements from what you get in other formats, where you've got like the creepy imagery, the creepy sounds and stuff, oh. but it immerses you in it. You physically have to control your journey. It makes you do it. Yep. Uh, so you, uh, not when you're in the film and you see, oh, don't go down that path. Do you not hear that creepy music? <laughs> you have to go down that path. Uh, you have to physically move down. Aye. Uh, uh, I can mind the first scary game that I ever played was the first Resident Evil. And this is at the time that I was playing the PlayStation mm-hmm. 1. At the time I was playing Wacky Races and Spyro, right? <laughs> Too young for all that horror yeah, stuff. Aye. 
uh, sitting in my auntie's house and she's like, oh, there's a PlayStation, there's a big bag of games, you know what I mean? So I'm going through all our games and half of them are unmarked, they're all chip games and stuff like that. So uh-huh. it's just your guess at what you're putting in, like try this game and uh-huh. why the games is Resident Evil. I was like, we, we might need to edit that back and get your aunt in trouble here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what started playing it and I was like, this is a bit The first tense. zombie that you see in yeah. Resident is scary. I had, I could not turn the, I couldn't physically go back into the room to turn the PlayStation off. I paused it and just backed myself <laughs> out of the room. <laughs> just that creepy zombie face that turns uh-huh. around and looks at you. You watch it back now and it's all uh, pixelated and uh, laughable. Uh, I mean, it's laughable now, but... The remaster is just as scary. Yeah, oh, the great. remasters are good, man. But f- for me, Resident Evil, again, it's dated as anything now, but it's a bit in Resident Evil 2 where you walk into the corridor and it cuts to this scene in the liquor. It's in top yeah, of it. And mm. the liquor drops down. <laughs> oh, man. Aye. It all snap from a cutscene straight to the action. It's Aye. like, right, what are you going to do? Aye, what are you going to do? And it's that run, top-down camera. Run, that's what you're going to do. Oh, God. It's good. Because even it, the games have broken into that kind of lost footage type style with um, Outlast and stuff like that. Uh, I think yeah. that's probably one of the most scariest games I've played I've recently. I've never played it. Is that, it good? That, that whole kind of whole kind of scary for me. That whole kind of thing started off with amnesia, yeah. really. Yeah. Oh, God. Amnesia oh, came amnesia. out of nowhere. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> amnesia kind of came out of nowhere and rejuvenated the whole horror game genre. Yep. I think PewDiePie yeah. brought, brought it to bear. Yeah, because that's, that's what he got big off, yeah. playing amnesia and being... Scared, scared by barrels and that being Swedish and being scared <laughs> that's two things <laughs> what a guy so versatile <laughs> then you had Amnesia then you had Outlast and you had like the Slenderman game and stuff like that 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 whole genre kicked off it kind of hit a plateau or like a saturation point where it couldn't be arsed with it anymore mm. but then there was stuff like Five Nights at Freddy's came out right. which took a kind of somewhat new direction that's spooky yeah Again, Five Nights, did that not get so popular with YouTubers playing it and screaming? Yeah, Kiddie that... Pie again probably uh, had a lot to do with that. Markiplier. 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 Because uh, we get kids in the shop, like five-year-olds asking for Five Nights at Freddy's stuff. How, sc- how scary is that game? I've never it is it. fairly scary. It's Aye. a very jump-scare type yeah. game. Ah, You're waiting for the jump-scare to pop up. Yeah. Right. But the, the, the guy who made that game has clearly bitten off more than he can chew with the lore. Yeah. Right. Aye. So he had a little bit of. Yeah. Oh man, it is mental. Right. Is there, there, there is a whole Honestly. YouTube kind of scene trying to work out the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's. It's the majority must be built up of the like fan base, and he's just been sitting back like. Yeah, that's totally what I meant. I'll send you the video, but like Game Theory's done like 19 videos yeah, yeah, on it. I've seen a couple of Game Theory's ones. It's like every time he comes back to it, I'm like, I'm done. He's just thrown it all in the water. <laughs> I've, I'm, I've had enough of this. My last video, next video, he's like, sucked back in. <laughs> again. So on the subject of expansive lore, is this the point at which we talk about 40k? <laughs> <laughs> it's horror. Moving on. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's uh-huh. horrible elements. I have an unpopular opinion. I've oh, been right, to tell okay, you. Fire right. away with your unpopular so, opinion. There's a game, right? You're wrong. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you? There's a game, and it's not a horror game, but I think it's one of the scariest games uh, that's been made in maybe the past 10, 15 years. Spyro the Dragon. No, 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 no. I'll describe the game to you and see if you can get it, right? right. So, um, in this game, you're kind of dropped in the middle of nowhere, okay. right? And your only goal is to survive, right? Right. You're given no kind of... Right. No kind of inclination on how you have to survive, and you start off in the daytime. Fortnite. Right? 
No, no. <laughs> you start. You start. <laughs> you start off in the daytime, okay, and you have to just try and survive. Um, when it gets to nighttime, monsters come out. And stuff like that. It is Minecraft. Oh. I think. I think. I think Minecraft's one of the scariest games that's came out in the past fifteen years because uh-huh. it makes you care about what you've got. Like, see when you have got, like, a full inventory uh-huh. of, like, diamonds and stuff that you've mined for, and suddenly you just hear, I did it the first time <laughs> in a creeper turned up, because I didn't know what it was. But they've kept adding on to it over the past years. They've right. got Endermen now. Endermen are horrifying. Oh, yeah, they are bad. Um, they've got, like, Bastions. The Nether's just had a massive update. They keep adding... The scariest one for me is, like, they added this thing called Water Temples right. that had Guardians in them. Right. When you went over a water temple in the sea, right? Mm-hmm. You might not have even seen it. A big ghost would come up on your screen. Like, no warning. It would just go... Honest, the first time I saw it, I think I jumped out my seat. Oh, I was like, geez. what is going on? There's no indication that this is happening. I've never really played Minecraft because I'm no five. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> I've played, I've played, but see when it came out years ago was the beta. Uh-huh. I played it then. And oh, then, Jamie loves it. Jamie, Jamie started on it. It's a it, huge phenomenon, man. Highly recommend. Honestly, it's a very good game. Sitting listening to the podcast, like, what is this? Minecraft? <laughs> so many people just clicked off. I have a, a more popular one's PT. PT. Yeah, that was PT. brilliant. Mm-hmm. Very, very well done. PT was actually a demo, uh, an interactive demo for a new Silent Hills game that was planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it was, was you... The whole map was a corridor... In a house, mm-hmm. you went down it, turned right, uh, and went through a door at the end of the corridor. Right. When you went through the door at the end of the corridor, you came back to the start. Right. Oh, God, right. I remember this. And it, but stuff kept happening. There was subtle a subtle changes. Too. Subtle changes, and then there was like you would go down the corridor and you'd look up on the balcony and there'd be someone, there'd be a c- c- creature watching you. Uh-huh. It was actually directed by Guillermo del Toro. Right. The game. Oh. Um, so it was really freaky. I've never I heard of this PT. PT is lit, it's unavailable to buy now. Oh god. Um, so, like I said, they done. It was an interactive demo for a new Silent Hills game. Right. That was meant to be coming out uh, with Norman Reedus in it. Uh-huh. Uh And then they fired Hideo Kojima. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, so we're never going to get it, and PlayStation took it off the marketplace. Uh-huh. I would that's highly. So we've got that Death Stranded now. Yeah. That- Norman Reedus and the Funky Fetus. Yeah. <laughs> I would highly recommend if you if you can't play it, I'd watch it because it's a proper horror experience. Yeah. Okay. I watched uh, I watched PewDiePie play it. Very Aye. scary. Oh. The puzzles are a bit poor, right? Mm. But it's, it's about the experience in it. Aye. For a demo for a game, but Aye. Aye. something. I, I think there was like two hours worth of playing it for a demo. Uh-huh. And That's it. It's freaky. Everything about it freaked me out. Do you know, talking about games that freak you out. Again, going back to the PS One, one of my favourite games still is Abe's Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. As, as a as a horror game, man, that is scary. Maybe, did you ever play that? Greg? Abe's Odyssey. That's the one where they're uh, they've got like the sort of slave race and they turn them into dinner. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. They're making the workers basically the Mudokins. Kill them. Ah, basically. And eating them. But it was like it was the whole setting of it be set in a meat factory mm-hmm. you know and then you get out right. of the meat factory but oh my god it's like I feel like the scariest part of that game is just the first level where you just have to get out, get out of the meat and factory. it's sort of teaching you the, the, the mechanics, mechanics of the game and all that but the slugs and for the PS1 man it was Aye. really pushing the graphics but very very scary game really really loved that game okay okay I, I, I know they're popular just now and I've never really played a lot of them I know folk are into them it's these sort of um, what I call hide and seek games 
mm-hmm. like the Friday the Thirteenth games. There's a million other Dead sort by of daylight. Dead yeah. by, that yeah. sort of yeah, thing yeah. where somebody's the uh, somebody's the killer and everybody goes and hides Aye. and all that sort of thing. It doesn't really do it for me, does it? Honk your horn, uh, guys. Kind of Among Us is a really good version of that. It's not a horror, but it's kind of getting there. That's probably the most the best one I've uh, played. Yeah, I think it's the strength of those games is playing them with your mates. Mm. Yeah, I don't think absolutely. I don't think the mechanics actually hold up. Um, mm-hmm. They're not. I don't think they're great games on their own, mm-hmm. but they're great know. to play with friends. Aye, <laughs> no, sure. no, I understand. understand. Uh, I never really got into them. No, Among Us is the only one I've really got into, and that's because it's so simple. Aye, mm. aye. Among it's Us, you're just playing a wee ass, a wee cartoon astronaut, aye, and two of you're the killers. Awesome. Um, so, uh, Dead Space. Yeah, Dead Space was. I think that's probably. I mean, I've, I mentioned Dave's Odyssey is like a game that I love, but Dead Space for me is the best horror game. It's absolutely fantastic. Aye. Did you not feel like? It got a little bit repetitive with the jump scares. Like yeah, the definitely. first time that you walk up to it, like one of the bodies lying on the ground and jumps up, <laughs> you absolutely pat your chance. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, I eventually got to this point in the game where every single body, before you even had a chance to jump up, you're just stomping it, breaking off every single limb. Even if you hit it once and it doesn't jump off, you make sure you break every single limb off that body before you walk by it. Aye. That bit freaked me out in that game as well. Like you don't shoot them in the head because that was the first thing that mm. I went oh, to do. Is that like, was really you have to, clever. You have to shoot their arms off. Uh, but it didn't tell you that right away. No. You have to kind of figure it out on your own. And it, it's, it's such a satisfying feeling when you get the gun that's got laser sight oh, yeah. that goes horizontally down the way. And Aye. then you can flick it to diagonally Aye. and it just slices a limb clean off. It's such a satisfying feeling just going, poof, removing somebody's leg. That <laughs> is brilliant. Super that violent. I liked, I, I liked Dead Space but never finished it. Scared me too much, man. <laughs> I never get through it either. I kind of remember. I think I just get bored. I think the second the second game went a bit more, much in the same way as kind of the Terminator films mm-hmm, went. Mm-hmm. Second game went uh, quite actiony. Aye, and aye. then the third game went weird. The third game was alright. <laughs> the, the, the advert for the third game was pretty good. The smashing mm. pumpkins and all that was kind of cool. The third game's the one where you crash land and it's you're setting this sort of snow planet. Sort aye, of thing. there's like it's a big spire. Like an obelisk or something, yeah. isn't it? Aye. I think that was that one. Um, is there any other games I want to talk about? Hey, scary Al- games. Alien Isolation. Alien oh, you'll yeah. So Alien Isolation, again, a game I've never finished because it terrifies me too much. <laughs> right? Um, it's you're you're on a you're on a spaceship and the aliens own it pretty much. There you aye. go. There's there's there's, there's the plot. Your game. Um, and you have to try and get off the ship and hide from it. The The most terrifying thing about Alien Isolation mm-hmm. is that the alien learns Ooh. in real time from what you do. Mm. So if you use a tactic... Yeah, if you use a tactic to evade the alien, it'll know you're going to do that next time and will set up. Mm. And wow. it is terrifying. And you can't kind of just... Like, you know that way in games like you can sort of figure out the bad guy's fuel division so you know how to kind of play it you uh-huh. know how to do it doesn't it work like that this thing no. it, it, it is the xenomorph from the movie yeah. uh-huh. it's that deadly it's wow. really hard and it had the most terrifying connect feature I was going to just touch oh. up on that <laughs> the first time that I played the game I did not know it had this connect feature oh, while no. my connect was connected uh-huh and What's I the was uh, right, so you could the Xbox. Yeah, so, no, no, I know what the connect is. Like, what was the feature? Right, so um, just voice activated. So, see if I was sitting talking like this, the Aye. alien would hear me sitting oh, talking. Like I did not know that originally. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sitting playing the game, but there's a fucker over there. I see him. Next minute, the alien just turns its head around me. Like, How did it know? <laughs> it's, it's terrifying because it doesn't tell you that. It's basically you could use the connect to go like this. 
like move your head and you would lean around the corner. <laughs> That's what your character would do in the game. So they were like, there's a bit of a thingy. The worst thing about it is once you were scared, there was no coming back for it. Like you'd see the zero and go, ah, oh no, excuse me, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it's the only game I've ever had a, I've ever had a shot of the VR. Oh. At a mate's house, that was oh. too much, man. Too Far much. too much. <laughs> no. Had to take it off. Another great thing about it is it's canon in the story. He it plays a man mm. Ripley. Mm. The daughter of Ellen Ripley. Yeah, yeah. But Sigourney uh, Junior. There is there is one more game I'd want to talk about, uh-huh. which is Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh yes, uh uh-huh. that's interesting. Right. So Doki Doki Literature Club is a dating simulator you can get on the PC, right? Right. Except when you go to the game page to download it on Steam, it says uh, warning psychological horror. And you'll be like, what? What's going on here? Aye, exactly. I mean, dating can be pretty psychologically scary. Aye, I've had my traumatic experiences. So, um, (laughs) you start the game and it's like a Japanese thing. You're just talking to these characters, these four characters. Ha 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 ha, going through it. Things get a little bit weird, but like not a lot weird. Until uh, an hour into the game, uh, you go, you choose one of them and you go to their house uh, to like meet up with them and they're hanging for the ceiling oh, no. and then the game restarts but that character's not there oh that character's right. dead in the game reboots right. um, it's spooky but there's more to it as well like so basically you go through this whole game and the game kind of breaks around you as you're replaying it every time um, to the point where you part of the game is you have to go into the game files outside of the game and delete stuff I love shit like that in games aye oh. um and the scariest bit is at the end you've got this character Monica and she's apparently she's like mastermind behind it just to get you and her alone Aye. Um, and you put in like a fake name at the start when you get Monica alone she says your real name oh, she gets it from no. the PC so like I, I sat down and was watching and she went oh we can get a really the famous name hello Alexander I was like <laughs> scariest thing I've ever yeah. done man it was a Metal Gear Solid game that done something oh, similar yeah, to that do you remember yeah, this yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't you couldn't beat the boss at the end of the game. You had to take your controller out and put it into the player two slot. That was uh, Psycho Mantis. Psycho Mantis, yeah. It was. It was one of those, and it, it would flip your controller around, and he'd read your save games and go like, "How are you enjoying playing Spyro the Dragon?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Stuff like that. Man. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse my silence, pistol. I thought this was Splinter Cell. <laughs> oh, not good. Um, I so we've not really talked about the Resident Evil games. Um, we spoke about me bit of the Resident Evil Seven. It's a totally new beast, isn't it? Totally yeah. different game. It's not really a Resident, not Evil, Resident game. Evil game, but it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I think uh, for me, um, a controversial opinion, but I think four. Um, yep. It's the first one with over the over the shoulder view. That's the best one, in my opinion. Uh, in, yeah. in my opinion, is 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 the the strongest of a lot of them. Just for for replay value. Um, maybe not for sort of fright value, but for replay yeah, value. But I'll go back and play it. Oh, I'll, I'll replay that a hundred times, man. It's great. But the 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 new one, very different for the rest of them. But honestly, mm. scary. What I feel about the Resident Evil games is see all the enemies or the characters. It's got a lot of story behind all the characters and stuff like that. Mm. You end up getting attached to the nemesis and stuff like aye, that. Aye, aye. Stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
really scary. The bad guys have got a lot of concept behind them. I like that uh, in a horror game, obviously. They always uh, have that thing in Resident Evil games where there's like one kind of recurring enemy yeah. that you'll kill and then they'll come back and you'll kill you and they'll come back, but back. they never really say anything. Aye. Like Nemesis, but um, the one in Resident Evil 4, the guy with the sack on his head and the chainsaw. Ah, uh, he keeps coming back. You can hear the chainsaw uh, and you know he's somewhere in the level, but oh, no, man, it's not good. But, but they all end up with you fighting like something that looks like a bowl of trifle with eyes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they kind of blow their load and they make you fight this big uh, uh, spaghetti monster. Uh, <laughs> big spaghetti monster at the edge. Here we go again. <laughs> It is ever resident you wasn't. That's how we wind up. Uh, it's uh, uh, big tentacle monsters from beyond the stars. Shoot that. <laughs> so is that us for uh, for games? Yeah, yeah. That's Aye. all I've got to talk about. So yeah, yeah. we've done games. We've done authors. We've done movies. Mm-hmm. TV shows. TV shows. Aye. Should we mention some TV shows? So I've got like, so I'd, I've never watched American Horror Story all the oh, way through. Oh, dude. Pretty scary, man. It's freaks me out. Pretty it's good, man. really good. Um, there, there was one. The, you've got to watch a season mm-hmm. of it, right? It's it's what you'd call an ensemble cast. It's yeah. the same cast playing different yeah. roles every season, and you don't think up to season seven that these things are connected at all until this one sort of pulls it all together, mm-hmm. and they're all really well done. Some are stronger than others. Um, the carnival one's really strong. The madhouse one's really strong. Um, the coven is really strong. It's my favourite. Um, I wasn't. I never finished. I, I I love the show, but I never finished Roanoke. I never finished oh, that no. season. The reality TV show based one. Aye. I just I get like four or five episodes I into done, it. I don't recall it. I never finished. I'll maybe give it another go, but um, I, I I'd rather watch the the coven one again mm-hmm. or the. The one set in the, the Madhouse again. The first season's kind of weak, mm. um, but after that... It's, that one with bloody face. Uh, it's it's the couple in the house, and after the first episode, you're like, they're sixth sentence, aren't they? They're dead already. Ah, yeah. And you're like, aye. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Aye, that's it. Well, well done, M. Knight. Uh, here we go. Thanks very much for that one. I wasn't such a huge fan on the American Horror Stories, but I really do like... Have you seen the Haunt in the Hill House? In the Haunting of Bly, man. I'm, th- I'm three episodes into the Haunting of Hill House. Right, so I'm, I've started watching the Bly Manor one, but Haunting the Hill House done something special for me, like for horror, because uh-huh. when I first seen it, I was like, ah, it's a series, it's a horror, it's going to uh-huh. get old, it's going to get old quick. Yeah, yeah. But it's done something I've never seen in any other horror, where it's it doesn't give you audio cues and stuff, and it's not really centred, but uh-huh. see if... By chance, your eye kind of focuses into the background. Aye. You might see something really scary. Oh, Aye. really? There's a couple of scenes in that. Like I, I was watching it with her, and we're sitting watching it, and she's like, jumping out of the chair, like, "Oh my god, uh-huh. what is it?" So like, do you not see that? There's last scene. It's like at a funeral, and it's mm-hmm. the camera's panning around in a circle. Aye. You're seeing them all standing over the dead body and uh, mourning and stuff. And there's one bit, if you look in the background, uh-huh. you can see the person that dies standing in the background with her neck all really? leaning oh, to the man. side, just oh. looking like a ghost. But see, if you weren't looking at that moment, that jump scale would have missed. It would have went right over your head. But see, the more you actually look out for them, there's tons and tons of these wee scary things built in the back of it. And that's what I really liked about it. It's something I've never seen done in any other horror. That's well spooky. Because uh, I've but enjoyed the Highly, first. highly recommend it. The second season does it as well. Mm. We have to look in the background and be like, <gasps> oh. So is it the same dude that, that does the both of them? Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. It's the same cast as well, American oh, right. Horror Story. Okay. I wasn't okay. expecting that because that's what threw me off American Horror Story, I think. Mm-hmm. But 
they change their accents and stuff. And <laughs> put on a different hat. <laughs> 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 Who are you? It's like Carl Kent, Superman. Oh, wait a minute. I reckon he's that guy. But I definitely recommend the Haunting series. Uh-huh. You guys ever watched Twin Peaks? Oh, I haven't, and I know it came back, and I meant to like. I yeah. watched it when it came out, and I've I've watched it once all the way through since then. Um, it's not the kind of thing I can rewatch again and again, but I have seen it all the way through a couple of times. It, it's, Still it's, don't know if I know what's going on. The the backwards talking dwarf and all that, and you're like, and the the movie that follows it up. <laughs> you get your thing. I think that is the term. Aye. Is that yeah. the term? Is that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Short, short person who speaks. The short person, Carl. I got it. The the movie that sort of wraps it all up as well at the end. A fire walk with me. <sighs> Terrifying. Right. Really scary. It's, She's uh, dead. Wrapped in plastic. <laughs> wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so scary, man. Oh, it is. But it's, it's funny at the same time, and it's meant to be like a pastiche of. Of like soap operas at the time, but it's the weirdest thing. It really is. I've heard heard it described before, and it has. I heard someone say it was the most realistic dream sequences. Yep, because you don't have a clue what's going on in them. You don't have a clue. Dream (laughs) sequence. You don't know what's (laughs) going on in the whole bloody show. I know. It's the the thing is, it's like you're watching it. The first episode is. Oh, what's the the girl's name? Laura Palmer. Laura Palmer has been murdered. And they find her dead, wrapped in plastic. Wrapped in plastic, and uh, Dale Dale Cooper. Dale Cooper, Agent, Agent Dale Cooper. Special Agent Dale Cooper has to turn up and solve the mystery of, of who's killed this wee lassie. So that's then, Kyle MacLachlan. Aye, brilliant. He turns up, he's been in Blue Velvet, he's, he's like Velvet. a David Lynch favourite. Aye. And then from, from that point onwards, it's got nothing to do with this wee lassie. No. It's got everything to do with the town and the characters in it and the crazy stuff that's going on. And it's it's like nothing's ever fully explained. No. Yeah. no I mean, if you've ever seen a David Lynch film, you'll know that. Like, you've seen Mulholland Drive or something. There's, yeah, there's scenes in that that are just like. Or... The whole sequence in the middle of that movie where guys in a diner and he's talking about a um, a, a, a dream that he's had about this this homeless guy. Aye. It's got nothing to do with the rest of the movie, but it's just there to set a tone, and that's that's what this whole show's about. It's brilliant, it so is, scary, it's it so weird. It's so da- damn fine coffee and all that. It's like, oh. <laughs> very awkward second season, Aye. but persevere. The last like three four episodes of the second season are fantastic. Comes back. Another TV show that I always take the opportunity to talk about is Hannibal. Oh yeah, oh, I've never Hannibal. Seen the Hannibal. I forgot all about Hannibal. Um, yep, uh, got done dirty being cancelled. Uh, so <sighs> Hannibal following the story of Hannibal Lecter, as it's famously seen in Silence of the Lambs mm. uh, and Red Dragon and all that stuff. Except, and this time instead of being played by Anthony Hopkins, played by Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. Mads Mikkelsen, mm-hmm. uh, who is a better Hannibal. Yeah, than he is. That obviously Anthony Hopkins has something special about him in that film where he's like very menacing and not seen very often mm-hmm. but Maz Mickelson as that character just plays it perfectly um, and that whole the first series especially is really mucks with your head quite mm-hmm. a bit you mm-hmm. don't know what's real um, interesting fact uh, because Americans have strange ideas on values mm-hmm. uh, there's a bit where like a, a body is on impaled on some stag antlers oh, right. and originally it had some boob out Mm-hmm. Right, and they went no, can't do that. So they just stabbed it a couple more times, uh, so you couldn't see the boobs. And apparently that was fine. <laughs> That's fine. Stabs, stabs are fine. Boobs are out. Yeah. Right, okay. Stab those boobs Stab off, those... and you've got a show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. America. <laughs> well, thanks very much for listening. Uh, that was our Halloween special. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, 
I'll get a plug in for the website. It's castlecomicsuk.co.uk. We have a wide selection of horror memorabilia and such uh, online and in the shop at Cumbernauld Town Centre. You get some cracking action figures in right now. We do indeed. We they do indeed. Excellent. Is it Necker that make them? Oh, ne- the Necker figures are gorgeous, man. The sculpting on them is amazing. They're, they're like action men for grown-ups. Oh, they're amazing. You've got a Crimson Ghost that I've had my own for a week oh, or two now. Oh, it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> for the Misfits fan. Aye, aye. Misfits. Come by. <laughs> so it's goodbye from Greg. Sound guy, Gary. And some Ross. Funny Alex. And we'll see you next time. Well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us. Cheers.